Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. All right, Susie, KT, are you ready for today's podcast? Yeah, Robert, of course we're ready. Because we are unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I put my armor on so you are strong I am. I put my armor on I saw you dead I I'm a Porsche with no brakes I'm invincible Yeah, I win every single game Mine's so powerful I don't need batteries to play I'm so confident Yeah, I'm unstoppable today January 18, 2024. Welcome, everybody, to the Women and Money Podcast, as well as everybody smart enough to listen. And I mean everybody, every single one of you. Today is what? Today is the one and only Ask Katie and Susie Anything <laughs> Podcast. I think you're more popular than me. On Thursdays, I'm definitely, I override you big time. Big time. My ratings are much higher than yours. But wait, can we tell everyone about the the Chicago Grammar School reunion? Since when do you need my permission to do anything? It was so much fun, everybody. I, I wish they could have stayed with us all day. But first, you have to tell people what happened only because maybe they didn't even know my friends were coming. Okay, so four of Susie's friends that she's had from childhood, do you believe it, from the south side of Chicago. We had Lori, Leslie, Benji, and Marsha. Benji and Marsha are brother and sister, yeah. a year apart. Anyway, all four of them arrived to this little island on a, on a kind of rough flight. By the way, if you want to see pictures of this, they are on the Women and Money Community app, which all of you should be partaking in. It's absolutely free, as is this podcast, obviously, where you can download the Women and Money app at Google Play or Apple Apps. Just search for Women and Money. Go on, KT. So the best part of the entire visit was telling stories. And for me, not knowing Susie when she was in grammar school and high school and being really naughty in her teen years, <laughs> I laughed all day long. I could have listened to those stories for days, but it was just very touching. And they all cried when they left us. We had a fabulous lunch. We toured the island. We sat and and it wasn't even nice weather. We just so enjoyed being together. And especially Susie was so moved that they came all the way from Chicago and Benji from Utah to be here. Unbelievable. Yeah, and went back. They cried. Yeah, Leslie went back the very next morning, back to Chicago in the snow. Why she did that is beyond me. But <laughs> Benji, when he got off the plane, and I loved Benji so much, I still do, I can't tell you. And he looked at me, he said, Susie, I never thought I would ever see you again with tears in his eyes. And really, everybody, 
We never know when we're going to see somebody again, whether they're old friends or friends of today or family members. We never know what's in store for us. So live your life with understanding that everything you should do should bring more what, KT? Joy, peace, and love. And go Southside. To this world. <laughs> All right, KT, what All do you right. got for so, me? So I'm going to start with a story, and this is from Sarah. She said, KT and Susie, I started listening to your podcast last year, and I'm loving it. You kept asking us newbies to go back to previous podcasts, so I did. I just listened to the Susie and KT's formula for financial harmony episode on my way home from work, and let me just say, I loved you both before, but I really love you both now. And she said, your explanation of how you met how you both finish each other's sentences made me smile and laugh. I am 47 years old and hope someday to find a love like yours. So the, there's no question here. It was just Sarah telling us she loves going back and listening. But for those of you that haven't heard our formula for financial harmony, go back to July 7th, 2019 and have a listen. You will love it. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, so my first... Wait, I just have to say to everybody that there's always hope. KT and I did not meet till we were 50. Yeah. KT was actually, we were 48. I was 49 when we met. And then we kind of sealed everything on my 50th birthday. All right. Okay, so Susie, we have a question here. And this is regarding Alliant and the CDs, which are so great right now with the rates. This is a question. It said, for instance, Susie, on the 12 to 17 month CD, it shows the maturity date as being one year from today. So how do you keep it in for nearly 18 months? I hope my question makes sense. And this is from Sarah. Just to be clear, everybody, the one great thing well, there's many great things actually, but about Alliant Credit Union is that you get to choose maturity dates. You know how sometimes CDs, 12-month maturity, and that's all they offer. And then an 18-month maturity, that's all they offer. With Alliant Credit Union, which is why I love their CD so much, is that obviously $1,000 minimum, but you can choose to get a 12-month or 13 months, or 14 months, all the way through 17 months, where you can lock in the exact same rate as a 12 month, which currently, by the way, is 5.4%, which is a fabulous rate. But the way that you have to do that is if you're going to open up a certificate that has flexible maturities, like what I just said, you have to do it with the online banking or the mobile app once you have a savings account and are an existing member of Alliant Credit Union. So if you aren't a member of Alliant Credit Union yet, then all you can do is sign up for the 12-month or the 18-month or whatever it may be. But if you open up an account at Alliant Credit Union, become a member, put money in, the savings account there, then you can transfer it from there and get a flexible rate CD, if that makes sense. It's really not that complicated. 
But it's just something that you should think about. Also, I just want to say for those of you who have 12-month CDs, you did them maybe a year ago, and now maybe they are maturing, and you happen to sign up for Just Renew It, all you have to do is go onto the mobile app and edit your maturity date within the Renew Certificate option and select the date that you want it to renew for. So if you had a 12-month and when it renews, you want to renew it for a 17-month or a 16-month, whatever it may be, to lock in that higher interest rate longer, just do it there and select the date you want. And for those of you who don't know, you go to myalliant.com and do what, KT? Look for Susie. Look for <laughs> Susie's smile, everybody, and click through. These rates are great, so take advantage of yeah. them. All right. So I thought that it would be interesting for those of you that listen on a regular basis. A couple weeks ago after Christmas, we got an email, a sad one from a Christina who had lost her sister-in-law to cancer. And her sister-in-law had two teenage daughters, and they came to visit at Christmas with their daddy. And he told um, Christina that he took money, I suppose, the insurance money. All of the life insurance And money. gave it to an insurance agent, bought whole life policies on the teens. And of course, Christina thought that was not a wise idea, according to Susie's advice. So she asked Susie, how do I talk to my brother-in-law? And maybe he, can he cancel them? Like, what can he do? And so then what happened, everybody, after that is I told her on the podcast that you can, you have days to cancel it, but be brave and talk to him about it. And I'm telling you this because sometimes when you make a mistake, it can be corrected. So we just got this Yeah, we email. just got this one. Listen to this. This just came in. Susie, thank you for your sage advice. I spoke with him, and while he was understandably defensive at first, he said he would contact the agent and try to get out of the policies and find a new advisor. And then, without listening to your podcast, I would have not understood the predatory nature of some insurance agents. My agent has tried for years to get my husband and I to transfer our term life policies into whole life for cash value. So everyone really listen to Susie's advice. There's a big reason behind it. And it's not always in your best interest yeah. rather than the agent's best interest. And again, not all insurance agents are of a predatory nature. But what you have to know is that everybody has to make a living. And whole life, universal, and variable life are some of the highest ticket commission items out there. We're anywhere from 80 sometimes to 95% of the first year premium is the commission. So there's a tremendous financial reason why certain agents push it. As you know, I will forever say, if you need life insurance, term is the way to go in most cases. Do not, do not do anything else. So the next question is from Anna. Susie, thanks for last Sunday's podcast. It was very informative. I changed jobs and rolled over my Roth 401k with the old employer to a Roth IRA. Does the information transfer about what portion is taxable? 
meaning the employer match, versus non-taxable, my contributions and gains associated with them. So there you go. And she's thanking you for taking her through this journey of retirement. (laughs) It's quite the journey, isn't it, it my love? So here's what all of you need to understand. If you have a 401k at work, or even a Roth 401k or 403b or TSP at work, and your employer matched your contribution, which means you put in a dollar, maybe they gave you 50 cents for every dollar you put in, up to 6% of your base pay. Prior to this year, really, if you have a Roth 401k, which is after tax, their contributions went into a traditional 401k. So if you work at a place like Anna did, and you contributed to a Roth 401k, Anna, the contributions of your employer did not go into the Roth 401k. They went into a traditional 401k that I'm sure you still have there. Now, starting this year, employers can put their match in the Roth 401k if they choose to. I hope they all start to choose to, but it's up to them. So when you then quit, and you transfer your money from a Roth 401k to a Roth IRA, it's all after-tax money for you, Anna. So you don't have to worry about how it's divided and how they keep track. So you might want to check with your ex-employer and see if you still have a traditional 401k with them. Also, I just have to say, since we're on KT's favorite topic here, (laughs) Anna, if you had started a Roth IRA years ago, put a dollar in it, just left it and never even contributed more. You started the five-year time clock that you all know about or should know about running. So therefore, when you go from your Roth 401k to a Roth IRA, possibly you've already met the five-year rule that is in existence with Roth IRAs. Tell them quickly what it is. Oh, you have to look at past podcasts for that. (laughs) But the advice there is, if any of you have Roth 401ks, 403bs, or TSPs, can you just start a Roth IRA right now, even if you just fund it for $1? All right. Okay. Next is from Paul Susie. As long as you qualify for one. All right, go on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ready? From Paul. Are you sure I'd like to interrupt you? Yes. All right. Susie, I bought the must-have docs that you recommend, and I have all my properties in a trust. My investments are in a joint account with beneficiaries. If I have beneficiaries in my investment accounts, is it necessary to change to a trust? I don't know the advantages of switching to the trust. So yeah, this is all an insight. Yeah, here. one of my main jobs in life is to educate all of you on why I think a living revocable trust is a must have for every single one of you, whether you have a lot of money or you have a little amount of money. Now, as you may know, living revocable trusts, when you fund your trust and you put your assets into the trust upon your death, it passes to your beneficiaries without probate. But a lot of you think you don't need a trust because you own something in joint tenancy with right of survivorship with your beneficiaries, 
and or you have a pay on death account. So upon your death, it immediately goes to them without probate. But here's what I keep saying to all of you. What if you don't die? Even though you will die one day, what if you don't die and you become incapacitated? You don't know who you are, possibly. You can't pay your bills. You know nothing. None of those other things, a will, putting their name on it is pay on death, isn't going to help you. So if you put it in a living revocable trust and you name a successor trustee, somebody that can take over your affairs for you when you are no longer capable of doing so, then you don't have to worry about it, which is why all of you need a living revocable trust. Obviously, if you want one in the trust documents that this gentleman is referring to, just go to musthavedocs.com and you will see them there. They are $99 for $2,500 worth a state-of-the-art documents. All right, KT. Yeah, make sure you all get that. I have it. So does Susie. Yeah, of course we do. Okay, next. Um, This one is a story, and I'm going to keep it really short, but it's something I think that many of us and many of you listening will totally relate to or relate to sooner than later. It's called caregiving. Ah, I read this one. As you know, I read all the emails. And by the way, if you want us to possibly answer your question on the Women and Money podcast, just send in your question to Ask Susie. It's S U Z E, Ask Susie podcast at gmail.com. And if KT chooses it, we will answer it on the podcast. But I read them, I scan them to pick out KT's quizzy. And I read this one and I answered this person directly, but go on, KT, because it's a good one. Yeah, let me give you all the story, the backstory. So caregiving. There's a gentleman that had elderly parents in their later, later 80s, and they both became very ill and required help. So he left the state he lived in, went to live with mom and dad to care for them. He's got some siblings, a brother and a sister. So he's been taking care of mom and dad for the past few years. And his cousin came to visit and she gave him a little break for a few days so he could take care of some personal matters. And the cousin realized what kind of a job this was to be a caregiver for mom and dad. So she said to the mom, you know, are you paying him? Are you compensating him for all of this you know, effort and work for his sacrifice. And the mother said, well, gee, no, we didn't really think about it. So now the mom wants to compensate me, he said. But is there a way, Susie, for my mom to compensate me and recognize my sacrifices monetarily so that we avoid later disputes from the siblings? The mom is looking to him for advice. Should she leave a savings account to me in a will, write a check, or something else? So there you go. These things happen. And thank God for this cousin for realizing what work it was for him to do this. Yeah. So what did you advise him? Well, I just have to tell you, he also sent me a picture of himself with his parents. Oh, my God. They're so cute, right? And fabulous. It gives me goosebumps. The, the love that just exudes from the picture is beyond the beyond. What I told him was this. If this is something that mom and dad want to do, 
It is their money. It is not the kids' money. It is their money. And regardless of what the siblings may think about it or feel about it, doesn't really matter. All that matters is what mom and dad want to do. So personally, especially because as time goes on, this person may be the one that needs to write the checks and pay the bills and everything like that, is you might want to open up a joint account with joint tenancy with right of survivorship. And so that if anything happens, he can write the checks, he can pay the bills, obviously he's trustworthy. But upon death, the money automatically passes to him without any will, any trust, anything like that, because there's nothing anybody can do about it. Remember, how you hold title to an asset overrides the wishes of a will. So even if mom and dad had a will and a trust that said all money was to be divided equally between all three kids, but yet mom and dad own an account in joint tenancy with right of survivorship with this one son, upon death, all that money would go to him regardless. So that would be exactly what I would do. Mom and dad can decide, do they want any of their money at all to go to the other two kids? And if they do designate what amount of money that happens to be and leave that via a trust or a will to the kids, that's pay on death. But I think the majority of the money, honest to God, should go to this son. All right. So next is from Gloria. Gloria said, Susie, I plan to convert a traditional IRA to a Roth this year. Is there an ideal time to do this? The beginning of the year when the markets are down, are there any advantages to making multiple conversions throughout the year versus a one-time lump sum conversion? That's a good question because I I wouldn't know how to answer. Yeah, the best time to do it is when whatever investments that you are converting that you tend to keep because you can convert them, obviously, in kind, it's called, as investments when those investments are going down. Like right now, if you had energy stocks that you wanted to keep, perfect time to absolutely convert them to a Roth IRA. Then there are stocks that are skyrocketing right now. You might want to wait and just see, is there a pullback in them? What happens? So I would pick and choose which stocks I want to do. If the entire market was crashing and absolutely everything was down, then maybe you would want to do it in one lump sum. However, you don't have to do it all in one year. Remember, everything that you convert will be taxable to you as ordinary income. So I don't know how much money you have in your pre-taxed traditional IRA, but if you have a lot of money, regardless of what the markets are doing, you would never want to convert it all at once because it might increase your tax bracket. So then the next best advice I can give you is to consult a tax person and make a plan as to how to do this, okay, so that you're not hit with serious taxes. All right. Okay, next question is, and this is my last one from Judy. 
Susie, currently my HSA is at a bank and getting pathetically low interest rates. I was wondering if there is any HSA available Mm -hmm. at a brokerage house or even a Lion Credit Union that I would be able to invest some of the HSA money in T-bills or CDs. For those of you who don't know, an HSA is a health savings account. And a health savings account comes with what's known as a high deductible insurance policy. And it's where you fund a health savings account with pre-tax money. However, when you go to use it for a qualified medical expense, it's also tax-free. So fabulous way to save money. However, you want to know where are you keeping that health savings account so that you're getting the highest interest rate. So there are great investment options for you and so on and so forth. So obviously this person is looking for an alternative to where they are. Alliant does not do that. However, you have many companies that do great health savings accounts like Humana for one. Fidelity happens to offer a wide range of investment options for health savings accounts, including T-bills, CDs, and mutual funds. HSA Bank, they offer a brokerage account that allows you to invest a portion of your HSA in funds and a variety of investments, including T-bills and CDs. And there's another one called Lively. They offer a self-directed HSA that allows you to invest in a variety of securities, including T-bills and CDs. But it's really important to note, everybody, that not all HSA providers offer investment options. So it's really a good idea to research and compare different providers and ones that meet your needs before you sign up. So before moving your HSA to a new provider or investing any of your HSA funds, by the way, be sure really that you consider the risks, the fees, the potential returns associated with each investment option. Because remember, this was money for your medical expenses. And really, it's also a good idea to speak with a financial advisor, believe it or not, who can provide personalized advice and guidance based on your specific situation and goals. Do you know what time it is right now, Quizzy time. It's quizzy time. It's quizzy time. Now listen up, everyone. It's not just for me. It's for all of you listening. Hopefully you get it right, because I usually don't, but let's see what she has in store. Yeah, but I like doing these quizzies because it's not enough that I'm able to answer these questions for you. You want me to answer? No, but I want all of you to be the masters of your own financial destiny. I want all of you to own the power to control your financial destiny. And the way that you do that is you start to learn the answers to these questions. So when you're listening to the Women in Money podcast, when you're listening to the quizzes, see if you can answer these. So this one is from Elizabeth. Hi, Susie and KT. I foolishly opened an airline credit card a while ago on a flight, thinking it would be a great way to accumulate miles. 
Despite having accrued a reasonable amount of points, I have yet to use the card because the flights either have large layovers or no return flights and is therefore too restrictive. I don't want to continue to pay for a card with no real benefit to me, but I'm afraid it will take a big hit to my FICO score. I have a $16,000 credit limit. This card is in good standing and paid in full monthly. I just want to know when I cancel how I can best mitigate the effects to my FICO score. Should she close the card? Just close it because obviously she is paying a yearly fee of probably $90 or $100 a year for this card or keep it open. I would close it. But KT, she's afraid if she closes it. Because remember, your debt to credit limit ratio, which Mm -hmm. all of you should know how much debt you have on your credit cards, in comparison to the credit limit that all those credit cards have given you, account for more than 30% of your credit score. So if she closes this credit card, She is then reducing her credit limit by $16,000. And if she's carrying debt on her other cards, that will increase her debt to credit limit ratio, which will decrease her FICO score, which is why she's concerned. I ask you again, should she close the card or keep it open? And I say to you again, close it and be done with it. She'll feel great. Final answer? Yeah, final answer. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding, 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 ding. Right? Oh my God, you've learned something. It's not going to affect her FICO score, assuming she doesn't have any outstanding debt on the other cards. All right. so Or anywhere. So KT got that absolutely correct which I'm just so thrilled about. I know about FICO. I'm good with FICO, not raw. (laughs) All right. So all of you need to understand that if you don't carry any credit card debt, which means you pay off your credit cards at the end of every month, all right? So you really don't carry any debt. What difference does it make if you have a $16,000 credit limit that has gone away because still really your debt to credit limit ratio is going to be zero. It's not going to be anything. So that's why you would do that. However, if you do carry a lot of debt on your other credit cards, now what I would do, Elizabeth, is I would get another credit card that doesn't have any fee on it whatsoever that gives you a $16,000 or $15,000 credit limit. And once you get that, close this credit card down and everything would be the same. If your debt to credit limit ratio goes up, your FICO score will go down. You never want to have a debt what you owe to credit limit ratio of more than 30%. So if you have $10,000 of credit limit, you never want to carry more than $3,000 of debt. So that brings us to the end of the Ask Susie and KG Anything, Anything. podcast. 
Remember, there's only one thing that matters when it comes to your money, and it is what, KT? People first. And when we say people first, we mean who? You. So people first. Then money. Then things. things. And if you live your life like that, you will be unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I win every single game. Mine's so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.